You're listening to The Good GP, the podcast for busy GPs. Hello and welcome to The Good GP. This is the next in our COVID special series. Today I'm interviewing Karen Booth, President of the Australian Primary Healthcare Nurse Association. Welcome, Karen. Uh, Good morning, Sean. So today is Friday 27th of March, so the information presented in this podcast is current as of this date. I'd also like to put in a plug for our sister podcast, Just a GP, and also the podcast Practice That, which is a podcast aimed at practice managers. So let's leap straight into it. Karen, how can practice nurses be better used to tackle COVID-19? I think nurses have a large role to play in managing a COVID-19 patient. I think that they can help with telephone triage and phones might be slow at the moment, but as this uh, crisis picks up, nurses will need to do the triage so that the GPs can actually do the telephone consult. And of course, there will still be patients coming into the practice. The other thing I think we need to think about now is that low level to moderate patients will be managed via the community. And we've already heard talk and suggestions about virtual hospitals or virtual clinics. And I think nurses will be able to do the follow-up and the symptom monitoring for those patients who are at home uh, under GP care. Yeah, look, that's uh, that's really interesting. As of this state in Western Australia, there hasn't been community spread and we're not seeing the numbers present to general practice. But I understand from my New South Welshman colleagues that that is certainly the case and the already the hospitals are feeling the strain and uh, that general practice is being used to manage those mild to moderate cases. So, yeah, that's a really, really good point. Now, one of the things that practice owners and being a practice owner myself, one of the concerns we have is that previously nurses have been used to help bolster practice income by assisting with chronic disease management. How can nurses be used to help with boosting practice income in this current climate where chronic disease management is not really an option? Nurses actually contribute a lot to practices that probably go a bit under the radar. So a lot of it for patients who come in the door is triaging those patients, assisting with procedures because some patients will still come in, they'll have tummy pain, they'll have cuts, they'll have sick kids with earache. Nurses help to actually triage and manage a lot of those. Nurses, if they're doing the telephone triage, the doctors can then concentrate on doing the telephone consultation. Not every phone call is an urgent phone call that needs a GP consultation. And if they're caught doing that most of the time, that actually, I think, can contribute to a drop in income for practices and for GPs. So the nurses can take over those non-urgent things and let the GPs concentrate on the urgent things. And of course, there's other important things that nurses do in practices. Clinical governance for infection control is often handed to the nurses in the practice. So they still do the sterilising, waiting room management, and very importantly, training your staff to keep them safe. There's cold chain management, and of course the big thing that will be coming up now is all our over 65 will be coming in to get their flu vaccine. And nurses will be key to helping getting those patients in and out in an orderly fashion as quickly as we can 
minimising the time that they'll be in the waiting room. Okay, yeah, excellent points. Now, the government has flagged that they will be introducing more reforms to the telehealth item numbers if we were able to get chronic disease management done via telehealth. Can you explain to me how you might see practice nurses fitting into that new paradigm? I think that's very easy, Sean. It's an extension of what we currently do. So patients can come and see their practice nurse if they're on a GP management plan now for five face-to-face support visits. And of course, most importantly for Aboriginal patients, they're uh, eligible for 10 visits if they have uh, a care and health assessment and then another five for a care plan. It's really important that we don't let these people slip. So I think purely by changing the current MBS descriptor to add telehealth will let us be able to do all of those things we usually do by phone. And APNA also recommends sitting in the Medicare review items is the recommendation to extend those nurse visits to 10 for a year, as well as two visits uh, or two coordination of care item numbers. If these were released by telehealth, that would be really flexible for practices to be able to follow up these chronic disease patients. Don't let them slip backwards because the last thing we really want is these patients ending up in the emergency department. And we're seeing a lot of practices now closing their doors and we'd like to make sure that we maintain some contact with these patients so that they feel supported and as I said, they don't slip backwards. So what needs to be done to make this happen? To start, the release of those Medicare items would be helpful with them flexible so that we can do that by telehealth to support those at-risk patients at home and also to support the GPs because they're going to be worrying about what's going to happen to their chronic disease patients as well. So the release of those item numbers to be able to do an update care plan I think via telehealth will also be really helpful and, of course, making sure that all of the correct documentation and consent items are in place to ensure that the patient's managed well. And the other thing that might be helpful for practices is to have around the COVID management maybe some additional block funding to help cover the nurse triage and, in particular, if we do have lots of patients in the community to help cover the time that the nurse is taking to actually make contact and follow up those patients for the GPs. Brilliant. So what are the lessons from this crisis for the broader primary health care system? Sean, it's very interesting. Having lived through and worked through the swine flu epidemic, I actually think our practices should have been better prepared. And we know that uh, we learned quite a lot of lessons from the swine flu. Many patients now self-elect to use masks and hand hygiene when they come in the door. And a lot of that is behavioural change that we implemented 2009-2010 for the swine flu. One of the publications that I often recommend when I'm doing infection control talks for PHN is to actually look at the College of GP Pandemic Influenza Kit. There's some great tips in there about waiting room management, as there is in the fifth standard infection control standards but also about business continuity, scripts for staff, really good tips. And I think after this, I'm sure we'll be looking at how we do all of this much better. 
And the other thing in the toolkit is recommended for business continuity plans. And I personally use the toolkit to develop the plan for our practice that I then have adapted for the accreditation process. Excellent. Karen, thank you so much for your time today. I suspect we'll be talking again before this crisis is over. Please keep up your good work, practice nurses, GPs, and certainly people in health organisations are doing COVID-19 24-7 at the moment. So thank you and, and please keep up the good work. It's a great pleasure, Sean. Thank you.